1: How's it going, Habs fans? Back with you for another episode of the Canadian's Connection podcast. We've reached episode 23, the Bob Gainey episode of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and I'm happy to be joined, as always, by the Bob Gainey to my Brian Bellows, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick?
2: You've got way more hair than Brian Bellows.
1: Than <laughs> ah, I think I'm, I'm on the fast track. I'm on the fast track I, to to not having as much hair or uh, <laughs> more hair than Brian Bellows, but yes. Well, please please
2: don't game. take the Brian Bellows solution and and go the toupee route. <laughs> yeah, to try and think of how many players had a toupee on the on the ice. I can't think of that many, but Brian was one of them. Um, uh, his son's great though.
1: Yeah, um, keeper played for for sure. uh, Team USA. Yeah, a couple of years ago at the World Juniors. So yeah, absolutely. He reached, 23 episodes of this that we're about to do our 23rd episode of of this podcast and I mean this is going to be quite the episode folks because when you look back at the Montreal Canadiens week I mean they go you know it was a bit of a rough start when we went off the air on Saturday and they played Tampa Bay that was a bit of a you kind of knew going into that 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 was going to be a a rough game and uh, they went on to lose that game three to nothing after a uh, I mean they played with them for 40 minutes and then as the, as the game went on, it just kind of drifted more and more in Tampa Bay's favor. Then they sat, uh, Sunday rather, the next night they were facing the Florida Panthers. That, they lost that game 6-3, to three, but they picked it up on Tuesday with a 3-2 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets and followed that up on Thursday with a dominating 5-1 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. So where they sit in the standings right now, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been an interesting week around the league. And we're certainly going to talk about the way that the trade deadline could potentially alter the way that things are looking. But as of right now, Montreal Canadiens, they sit in the first wild card position. Pittsburgh Penguins behind just by two points in that second wild card position. So with all of that said, with a, with a brief little recap, a brief rundown of how things shook out for the Montreal Canadiens this week, I say we dive in a little bit more in depth and go with uh, some winners and losers. All right.
0: And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians connection.
1: All right. So, I mean, when you look at this week for the Montreal Canadians, it's kind of a two halves, but I mean, even still, I think one guy that stood out for the Montreal Canadiens this week was Brendan Gallagher. And obviously, there was the hat trick against the Philadelphia Flyers. But even when you go back and look at the two games that the Canadiens lost this week, that Tampa Bay game could have shook out a lot differently for the Montreal Canadiens had they not been, uh, had the, uh, their goal that had been waved off, which came from great work from Brendan Gallagher on the boards, spinning off and, and setting up Brett Kulak in front of the Tampa Bay net there was an offside that had occurred about 30 seconds earlier. If that didn't happen, that game could have been a little bit different because, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens kind of got a little bit demoralized after the Tampa Bay Lightning scored on that uh, on their power play on, on somewhat of a broken play, but all the, nonetheless, it got to Nikita Kucherov, and it's never a good thing for a puck to get to Nikita Kucherov if you're the defending team. Uh, but regardless, uh, when you look at that play from Brendan Gallagher, that was just, the the most vintage of Brendan Gallagher plays that you can possibly uh, think of. He just, he was on the boards. He won a battle. He he spun out. And then he he set up a teammate and, and unfortunately for the Canadians, it was waved off. But then the next night against the uh, Florida Panthers uh, scored the three, two goal that got the Canadians back within one on James Reimer with just a beautiful shot. And, you know, he's always brought that element. And then obviously when we speak of Brendan Gallagher this past week, you have to talk about that hat trick. I mean, it's it, you know, and obviously one of those goals, Carter Hart. I, I think you know maybe the first one you could make the argument he might have might should have had that one, but I mean the second one was was just you know that that was one that he should have had. But regardless, he's a he's a great young goaltender, and and you know he just had an off night, and Brendan Gallagher managed to uh, get that second one by him, and uh, you know it's just it was a good night for Brendan Gallagher. I think that he might uh, he might say that he. He lucked out on that second goal there. That one might be uh, one that most goaltenders have, and Carter Hart would probably have nine times out of ten. But he, he would take the hat trick and, uh, and off a, a great play from Shea Weber and Andrew Shaw, gets that beauty little backhand and, and, uh, and gets, gets his third goal of the game. You know, he's, it's surprising that he had never gotten one before this point, and I know that it was earlier this season it was it, it came up in a game that he had two goals. And he was buzzing around the net trying to get that third one. So it was a really, really nice moment to see him finally get rewarded. Because, as I say, when, when he scored that uh, scored against Florida, that 3-2 goal, he's always had a way of scoring big goals. Like, when it matters, he will score you some big goals. And three goals against the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers a couple of nights later. And, I mean, you look at it right now, he's got 26 goals. I mean, his career high was 31 and he still got a long way to go this season. He could top that. So, Brendan Gallagher this week, uh, he was my winner.
2: Well, a uh, 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 absolutely great choice. Uh, and how could you ignore him with uh with his um with his uh, hat trick in the first of his career. And as you said, yeah. How in the world hasn't he uh, picked up a hat trick before? <laughs> um and I was reading um uh, uh, the article on, on, uh, kind of the, the humble beginnings of Brendan Gallagher. And, and, uh, you know, we remember that, uh, um, with all this, this emphasis, uh, on, on the, you know, first round picks and, and how they're being developed and graduating, um, Brendan Gallagher was nowhere near, uh, that. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, he, he spent his time in Hamilton and, and was developed, but the article was about, um, uh Vaughn Carpen uh and I've spoken about Vaughn Carpen a number of times um on this show um, and uh, how important Vaughn Carpen uh Rick Dudley um Trevor Timmons uh, of course but but uh Vaughn Carpen um now player director player personnel and doesn't get enough credit in Vegas for for how he's helped George McPhee there but um Vaughn Carpen was the one who was uh who spotted Brandon Gallagher um, uh, Von Carpin also was the one who recommended picking up Paul Byron on waivers. Von Carpin was also the one in on um, recommending Jeff Petrie, uh, but he was the one uh, that uh, that had his eye on on uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, when he was uh, scout for the Canadians, and and said, you know, don't worry about his size. This guy's a bulldog, and and um, yeah. Gallagher still <laughs> remembers that and said, you know. Um, there was lots of scouts that came to see the Vancouver Giants, uh, but the only one who came and spoke to me personally and actually took him out for a meal uh, to find out more about him was Von Carpen. And so uh, great work by, by uh, w- one of the Canadians' uh, unheralded scouts um, in, yeah. uh, in, in bringing, bringing Gallagher. And, and I think it shows uh, something we might touch on a little later, uh, importance of developing your own uh, draft picks
1: yeah uh, by the sounds of it the montreal canadiens fan base owes a, a lot to von carpen for uh, for not only noticing brendan gallagher but as you say paul byron jeff petrie as well having uh, having his eye on those two who have been uh, key contributors to the montreal canadiens this season and and last season for uh in the last couple seasons for paul byron uh so moving right along uh your winner of the week might not come as a, as a huge surprise either
2: I don't think so. Um uh, before before I get to that, um I'm I'm just going to remind uh the regular uh, listeners will know, um but uh remind people they can phone in. Um it can this yeah. is a live show. We're recording this live. Uh so any mistakes we make, you'll hear. Um <laughs> there's no there's no editing in post. Um you're going to hear it all uh live. I wish there were uh, <laughs> but it also means that you can call in live and and you can call into uh, the studio number is 213-943-3754 213-943-3754 and um if you want to talk about the the trade deadline is is mark bergevin done uh talk about what he's done so far or uh you know did mark bergevin as some feel make a huge mistake by losing out on the um Matt Duchesne sweepstakes. Uh, call us two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. If you're listening to this uh, on demand, which many of our listeners do, um, and you can listen at your convenience, uh, text us five eight five three rocket five eight five three rocket. Text us, and we'll be sure that uh, uh, we respond to your uh, your comments. Now, my winner of the week. Sorry for that. Uh, oh no, sideline. Gotta there. let him know. <laughs> um. Thomas Tatar um, I think that uh that Thomas Tatar has um has been a, a, a absolutely a crucial player for the Canadian success this year. He's kind of um uh, you know it, it, he's not talked about as much as as say uh, Jonathan Drouin or Max Domi or but uh for me he's the one that who often Um, drives the offense and and um, and I think you know we we see a lot on on Twitter while he was a throw in when Bergevin's a genius and uh, credit to to Mark Bergevin for acquiring Thomas Tatar but let's not give him too much credit uh, here um, because it was it was Vegas uh, GM George McPhee who insisted uh, if you want Nick Suzuki, if you want Nick Suzuki, Mark, you're going to have to take Thomas Tatar and his contract. And, yeah. um, and George McPhee was, was, um, you know, uh, g- crucial in that in, in wanting to, to get back his, uh, what he had invested and it was significant to pick up uh, Thomas Tatar. And, and as we know, oh, yeah. I, you know, um I, there was there was at least half the time Thomas Tatar was in the press box particularly during the playoffs he didn't play a lot and i think coming to montreal motivated him motivated him um in saying you know that guy in vegas that's not that's not my legacy uh that's yeah. not that's not the guy i am um and um so this week um he had a couple of uh he, he was couple of star selections um, he was the second star in, in the Philly game he was a third star in the Columbus game um, but he reached the 20-goal plateau and uh, that's the fifth time fifth season in a row he's he's done that um, so now he's sitting at uh, 45 points 20 goals and 25 assists uh, that's good enough for third um, in um, Hab scoring Um, Now the power play (laughs) we've talked about (laughs) endlessly, the woeful Canadians power play, but uh, Thomas Tatar is leading that power play with the most power play goals at four. Um, Mm -hmm. He is tied with Brendan Gallagher, um, uh, your winner of the week uh, for most uh, game winning goals, also at four. Um, If we look at Corsi relative, uh, which is takes in, in, in to a combination of course he for and 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 against um the top three uh players there are Tatar gallagher uh two of our winners again uh and kokaniemi <laughs> uh he leads uh Tatar leads uh the canadians in that stat at plus 8.5 and if you look at the goals against per 60 um you know you know we like to dispel myths a bit uh here and and i keep seeing about philip Deneau being a an elite um shutdown center uh shutdown forward uh let's 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 all hope he gets there uh and he's having a very good season but he's not in the thomas placanc kind of uh, patrice bergeron uh, range yet um no oh, yeah um he's he's actually kind of mid pack as far as um uh, Goals against per 60 uh, But you know who's up at the top um, In the top three again Thomas Tatar Thomas Tatar with uh, Yoel Armia And yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. Um ah. So um, and, and, and let's congratulate uh, well, well, I mentioned the name Phil Deneau Let's congratulate him on the birth uh, Of a healthy baby boy And, and, yeah. uh, and wonderful news For for um, The Philip Deneau family um and f- what's his name's Philip Bedoir? No. I believe so I think so Something. yes yeah but well, somebody'll <laughs> correct me on that. do you want yeah. to correct me five eight five three rocket yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so um if all of those reasons um weren't good enough um uh, as the Canadians we know are facing the the leafs in a huge game tonight um mm-hmm. uh his uh Thomas Tatar's former coach Mike Babcock coached him in uh when he was in Detroit for three seasons um said Tats is an honest player and a very good teammate in addition to having a devastating i think he's, the word he used was devastating shot uh but but just just an honest player he's going to give you an honest effort and and I think yeah. the important part of that was we didn't know if that was going to be the case coming into the season, giving, given what happened last year in Vegas. Um, it looked like he wasn't able to keep up with the Vegas speed. He looks uh, on some nights. It looked like he wasn't, um, you know, giving it as all. And we weren't sure about, you know, how that was going to play out this year. But what we can say is uh, uh, Babcock is absolutely right. Um, if anything, uh, genuine effort um, uh, every night and, and has, has excelled at both ends of, uh, of the rink. And uh, I am I, 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 um, very pleased the way his season is working out and, and uh, could think of nobody other than Brendan Gallagher uh, to yeah. <laughs> uh, make my winner of the week. So uh, I'm going to pass that uh, award on to uh, Thomas Tatar.
1: Yeah. And, you know, ever since, as you mentioned, it, it, I never really and I don't think I ever really will understand why things didn't work out in the way that they did in, in Vegas. It's just it never clicked for him. And, and and as you say, I mean, he spent most of the time in the press box because he, he just didn't look like he fit in with that team. But my one of my favorite sayings is 10 percent is what happens to you. 90 percent is how you deal with it. And and Tomas Tatar, as you said, this he did not want. His, his time in Vegas to define what he is as a player. And he, he came to Montreal with the right mindset. He came with the right approach. And every single night, I mean, and, and one of the games, you know, he, he scored that game winner against Columbus, but he also had that rush, that end-to-end rush, where it was just like, holy cow, this guy is talented. Like, he just, he has the, he has the ability to make those kind of plays. And very few people, very few players on the Montreal Canadiens this season have shown to have that ability. And and Tomas Tatar, he brings that that skill, but also brings that effort, as, as Babcock said. He, he just brings an honest effort. So uh, a very well-deserved nod for uh, for Tomas Tatar this week. So uh, shifting gears a little bit, we'll go with uh, the losers of the week. And uh, mine, I, I, I made a last-minute change. Uh, Max Domi was in consideration this week for me just because I thought that there was some times where you know, discipline and decision-making were a little bit of an issue this week uh, still had, you know, a couple points, but regardless, I, I changed my mind at the last moment and I shifted to Antiniemi because this is going to be a, I think a larger concern than, than what Max Domi's uh, decision-making and discipline uh, will be for the rest of the season. I think that Mac, uh, that Antiniemi, when you look at what he's done this season, he's only got four quality starts in 15 games played. And, um, and he's only played three games this this past month. Carey Price since December first. You mentioned all of this in your recap of the uh, of the Florida game. Just so all of the uh, listeners may want to head there and uh, and read that. But he also since December first, Carey Price is up there with Martin Jones for having the uh, the most games played since they've been relied upon heavily. And Kerry Price coming off of you know uh, injury scare earlier this season, coming off the injuries yet. Last season, this is a concern for the Montreal Canadiens going forward because if you can't trust Niemi to handle a game on a back-to-back, go in and just handle business a little bit. Just make some saves. And, I mean, it's three goals on nine shots to open up that game against the Florida Panthers. Carey Price has to go back to work playing against Tampa Bay, one of the best teams in the – the best team in the league. Not one of – the best team in the league this is a concern for the Montreal Canadiens. And it goes back to what we were b- very first episode. We talked about this and, and I made the point and, and it was because you and, and Amy Johnson of the AHR report had made the point uh, earlier in that off season, that this was the time to give Charlie Lindgren an opportunity to play at the NHL level, because when he has played at the NHL level, he's in 17 games, he has a record of seven, eight and two with a 9.14 save percentage and a 2.78 goals against average. And two of those wins were shutouts. The way that Antiniemi has played is, quite frankly, it's not it's not of the NHL level, for one. And it's not of the, uh, for a team that has playoff aspirations, as the Montreal Canadiens do. You have to take into account that Carey Price may not be at 100% by the time playoffs roll around. And he might not be the one to say that he is or isn't at 100%. But... Regardless, he might be having some, you know, some problems with his with his legs. You don't know because he might let on like he's fine. And in reality, you're entering a playoffs with, with a, a wounded Carey Price because you're going to have to ride him if Anthony Niemi is going to be sticking around. And it goes back to what we've talked about many times on this show, that at every opportunity the Montreal Canadiens have had to promote one of their young players, to give them an opportunity at the NHL level, they have gone the other direction and have gone with a guy in his 30s or a guy that has an NHL body of work that, for whatever reason, seems to be a little bit more uh, trustworthy than going to a young guy. And honestly, it's starting to cost the Montreal Canadiens because Carey Price, you're not just thinking about this season. You're thinking about career longevity with Carey Price and and having to be uh, ro- uh, ridden the way that that, I mean, since December 1st, having to be used the way that he has been used and used again, that's a bit of a concern for the Montreal Canadiens. That's that, that, that's scary going into the playoffs because you need your backup to at least eat up second halves of a back-to-back or, or even, you know, and, and it goes, was it, nine games now in a row that Carey Price has had to play? This is a concern for the Montreal Canadiens
2: yeah and particularly uh, with so many games on the road coming up um, yeah and uh, it's it's you know we've we've kind of identified um, some some tough stretches uh, throughout throughout the the year this this is another one um, that uh, uh, so many uh, is it seven of eight or eight of nine of the next games uh, next few games are, are on the road there's there's the back to back um the New Jersey Detroit back to back coming up. Um and you need you need a backup goaltender that that you can depend on. Um, yeah. I know that 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 there's um there's a fondness uh amongst the Canadians fan base for anti neami and and you know um good on him um he's 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 uh endeared himself to uh to canadian's fans um and and that was um you know that was because he resurrected his his career uh if you if you're looking at the end of last season, um, one of the bright spots was the way that anti Niemi turned his, his, uh, season around after a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful start. Um, yep. and, uh, my preference would have been to say, well, thank, th- <laughs> you know, thanks. Um, and, and wow, we, we, uh, p- picked up a guy who was really struggling, um, got him kind of turned around although if you're watching the games closely uh last season um it wasn't by technique it wasn't i mean there was a <laughs> lot of there was a lot of anti niemis game that could have been exploited last year uh but wasn't um and we know that that the, the that the Canadians themselves play a little bit harder when Niamey's in net, and, and uh and that that too takes a toll but um I I would have said thanks very much and then you know um you have a prospect uh waiting um who has proven that that he is an NHL caliber goaltender I think uh, Charlie Le- uh, Lindgren no doubt proved that last season um yeah. I was in Syracuse on Wednesday night um, against uh, a potent Syracuse team. You, you talk about uh, Tampa Bay being far and away the best team in the NHL, um, and they have a, a, a system, a farm system um, that I know you admire, um, but the players on that team, wow, potent, potent offense. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Charlie Lindgren was outstanding. The, the, the uh, Uh, the rocket lost the game. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't the issue. I thought they played hard, but they lost the game, but um, he was, uh, Lindgren was, was outstanding in that game. Um, And uh, has been um, uh, most of the season the rocket can't score. It's not their goaltending and defense have not been their problem and, uh, McNiven who had a a tough start is is turned his game around. He's been playing well in, uh, 2019 calendar year, but, but, uh, especially, and, and is probably ready for the number one, uh, job in, in Laval. Uh, but saying that means that, uh, Charlie Lindgren should be the, uh, the Canadians backup. And, and, uh, I didn't see the point in, in having him back again this season. Um, uh, you know, when you look at and um, you know this is this is not just the eye test. Um, when you look at the stats and and yeah, um, quality sta- quality starts are a, are a statistic. They're not a they're not a you know my impression or your impression. Quality starts for is a goaltending statistic. Uh, yeah. carry Price is sixth in quality starts. He has 24 and um, has 25 wins, which means Carey Price, for the most part, is responsible for his own wins. Um, Yeah. Antinami in 16 starts has four quality starts this season. Four. Four quality starts. He has eight wins, which means he's been very lucky and he's benefited a lot from a team who's played well in front of him uh, when he hasn't been that good. But he's had just four quality starts. And for a team that's going to the playoffs, you need more than four quality starts. Um, yeah. You know, look at, look at other, other stats. Um, Carey Price, goalie point shares. We've talked about that. Carey Price is top three with Vasilev- Vasilevsky and Anderson. Uh, he has nine goalie point shares. Um, Niemi has one. He's 63rd in the league in that particular stat, um, uh, goals saved above average. Carey Price again, top three, plus thirteen. Uh, goals saved above average. anti Niemi is sixtieth with minus ten, uh, which means that um, uh, an average goaltender um, would would have 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 been much better to have in nets than than Antti Niemi. Um, he's he's uh I, again uh, uh not about the person he's been a, a great teammate he's been yep. uh good with with carry price uh supportive um but he has isn't getting the job done and that's scary given the number of games that carrie price has had to play um yep. and and you know as you said from the outset um Canadians are in a wild card spot, but the playoffs aren't a guarantee. There's Pittsburgh, there's Montreal, there's Columbus, and there's Carolina, who, who we, tar- <laughs> we highlighted a couple months back. Three of yeah. the four of those teams are going to make it. Uh, one is not. And, and the Canadians can't get punted out of the playoffs because, one, either Carey Price is playing too much, or two, um they have a couple of goaltenders down the stretch from, Anthony.
1: Yeah. And uh, just to uh, you mentioned how many road games the Montreal Canadians have coming up 13 of the last 21 games of this season are going to be on the road. So it's not going there's not going to be a whole lot of home cooking for the Montreal Canadians. And that, you know, they've played a lot better at home, uh, generally than they have on the road this season. And for a goaltender, you know, you get a little bit of a more of a boost when you have your home crowd behind you, usually. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with everything that you said, Anthony Niemi, mean, Down the stretch, you're going to need a little bit more from him, or you might have to go out and, and, and address this problem because the Montreal Canadiens cannot rely on Carey Price the way that they've relied on him as of late. Uh, so we'll see how all that progresses. Uh, so would you like to uh, get your loser of the week out there?
2: Well, um, my loser isn't necessarily a person. Um, yeah, <laughs> We, we know that the Canadians have um, had a, uh, a a tough time um, with their fourth line all season long. And we've spoken about it before, um, whether it's Pekka, whether it's Delorier, whether it's Agostino, whether it's Chaput, you know, we're talking about career AHL players. Um, and whether or not, you know, that's something that Claude Julien likes playing um it's not it's not in the in the 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 mold of a modern um uh, fourth line and we we've talked about the exa- the good examples there with the leafs uh tampa bay lightning um with uh uh, uh the winnipeg jets um, yeah. and um again um you know mark Bergevin in in uh Trying to prepare his team for the playoffs went out and uh, uh, overhauled the fourth line, upgraded in on paper in in the eyes of many um, the fourth line and I was kind of skeptical um, mm-hmm. as, as when we when we talked about this, and again, you have a player, a very popular player coming in in Dale Weiss. very popular um <laughs> But there's a reason that he wasn't playing a lot or wasn't very effective when he did play in Philadelphia. Um, I happened to see Dale Weiss, and and we interviewed him um, on Wednesday night in Syracuse as he was uh, sent down to Laval. Um, And by the way, um, uh, you might want to go to ahl.report, Report. Uh, or go to the All Habs uh, YouTube page. Just look for All Habs on YouTube, and you'll find it. And there's an exclusive interview, Amy Johnson, with um, uh, Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss Weiss scored on the power play, which the Rocket don't score uh, that often on the power play. (laughs) They don't need it. Yeah, but but, uh, Dale Weiss wasn't very good in that game. Um, He was kind of going through the motions. He complained afterwards, you'll hear in the interview, about a long travel day um uh, he wasn't very good and and um um you know i i don't think you can say he was great last night either um although the the um the rocket beat the uh, the man at moose uh with michael mcniven getting the shutout um Dale Weiss uh, is going to come back after after the trade deadline when the roster uh opens up and um but is is he is he uh the the kind of guy that you need on a on a on a uh, cup contending uh fourth line I don't think so. Um it, we were talking about Corsi relative um a little bit earlier. Um his Corsi has been has been terrible. Uh, possession numbers twenty nine. His Corsi relative is minus twenty one. Nate Thompson. Uh, I I think you can. It's safe to say that Nate Thompson was has been pretty good on face offs uh, yeah. since arriving in in Montreal. Other than that, um, um, I, th- can we say anything? more positive than that about Nate Thompson, not really. His coursey yeah. relative is uh, his possession numbers have been tough too. Um, and, you know, if you were complaining about the offensive numbers of Jacob de la Rose, you're going to get a lot less offense out of Nate Thompson. You got a lot less uh, offense out of Michael Chaput as well. Um, so I think um, that the fourth line is still not uh, where you want it to be Um, and maybe they need some time to come together. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to hold out hope that that happens. But at this point, uh, I think it's safe to say the fourth line uh, is not repaired or at least I think people had higher expectations uh, when you had Weiss and Thompson coming in to replace uh, Chapu and Agostino.
1: Yeah. And might that be something that the Montreal Canadiens address on Monday's deadline or even before that? Who knows? And that might be the perfect place to leave this because in the next segment, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. And the fourth line, as you say, has been a little bit of a concern. So might they go back to that? Well, once again, try to find something that can address those problems. Well, we will have to find out on Monday, but for right now we can speculate, but so we'll take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the way the Montreal Canadiens should approach Monday's deadline. We'll be right back after this.
0: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at AllHabs.net the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around, allhabs.net.
1: And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. As we went to break, we are talking about the trade deadline, talking about the fourth line a little bit. Before we get into that, Rick, do you want to just remind how we can be reached
2: we can be reached so many ways, just yeah. so many ways. <laughs> um, you can reach us on social media. Um, um, you probably know by now, Joe Whalen, uh, nineteen. Um, all Habs uh, are our Twitter account, uh, accounts, and the, and this podcast has its own Twitter account. It's Habs Connection um, at Habs Connection. And uh, did did you know, um, we probably don't say it enough, but canadiansconnection.com, canadiansconnection.com, canadiansconnection.com. will get you all of our uh, podcasts, um, uh, this one and and, uh, any ones you might have missed. As well, uh, you can call us in the studio, 213-943-3754. If you're listening on demand, text us, 585-3ROCKET. 5853 five, rocket um and you know you can you can answer the question um um is mark Bergevan done um was uh, the acquisition of weiss and thompson and, and we forget about Follen, right uh we ah, haven't yeah. seen him play yet but uh yeah. it, is is he done um and uh, answer the question did, uh, that was uh, kind of raised by Brandon Kelly, and that is uh, Did Mark van make a huge mistake, according to Gate in looking at the main sweepstakes?
1: Yeah, so with all that said, I think that that's probably a pretty good place to start because you mentioned. With the way that the standings are looking right now, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins right behind you, and that Metro division's pretty tight. So, I mean, right now, Columbus and Pittsburgh both have 71 points. You are you have 73 points, which is, is nice, but not exactly a, a, a nice cushion to have. But going into that, so you see yesterday that the the Columbus Blue Jackets, they went out and they got Matt Duchesne. They are loading up for a run. Right behind you is uh, is... The Pittsburgh Penguins, who, have, uh, who, are, who won two Stanley Cups not too long ago, 2016 and 2017. So, does this alter the way that Mark Bergevin enters that deadline day on Monday? Do you think that, this, that, that seeing the Columbus Blue Jackets make that kind of trade the way that, I mean, and, and you do not want to, if you get to the playoffs, you don't want to face Tampa Bay. So, you would like to stay where you are if you're the Montreal Canadiens. Do you think this changes the way that they approach it on Monday?
2: Well, the interesting part is that um, uh, in the trade, uh, the the Duchesne trade from Ottawa to Columbus effectively took three major pieces off the draft board. Duchesne, of course, but also uh, if Columbus is making the trade for Duchesne uh, it's very unlikely, unless they get absolutely blown away, that they're, they're yeah. trading Panarin. They'll keep him as as uh, their own rental, and Bobrovsky. Um, if they're going to make a run, they, they need Bobrovsky. So, in essence, the Duchene trade, um, and and like I say, if if somebody comes in and and, and goes after Panarin, who I think is is uh, out of anyone is the most dynamic player, the the, the biggest game changer on the draft board. Yeah. I the, the, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that Mark Bergevin go after him, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, the Duchenne trade takes, takes three big pieces off. Um, so I think that, and, and we should say that, that, um, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin was, uh, despite what he said about a month ago, that, that he wasn't going to be, um, you know, selling the farm, so to speak, uh, t- to go after a blockbuster trade. Uh, reliable reports are uh, that the, th- the three teams that were in on um, the uh, 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 Matt Duchesne sweepstakes uh, were Columbus, um, Nashville, and the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so, you know, what would that have looked like? Um, Matt Duchesne goes uh, uh to Columbus in exchange for uh Abramov and and Davidson. Uh those guys would be um top 5. You, you can you can you can sort them um the way you you, you want and I'm not I'm not an expert on um on um, uh, Columbus uh prospects, but there's there's Liam Foody in there. There's there's others. Uh but you'd have to say that that those two guys uh, our top five in terms of prospects, plus a first, uh, plus yeah. if, if uh, Duchesne signs another first. Um, so what is, the, what would that have, what would the comparable have been um, in Montreal? Is it a Nick Suzuki? Most likely. Is it a, uh, then a secondary prospect? Is it a Josh Brooke? Is it a, uh, Jakob Olsson is it? Uh, Yesi Yolonen is it? Um, um, I, I don't think they're giving up uh, Romanov. Uh, no, yeah. yeah um, I I would I would venture a guess that you'd be reluctant, very reluctant, to give up Orion Paling. Paling. Um, but it it would have taken a, a significant output. Um, and uh, Mark Bergevin had said. Now again this whether this was posturing or what it was that he wasn't interested in trading any of the players who had appeared at the world Junior, and he wasn't really all that interested in trading his first round pick so uh to be in on Matt DeShane, he must have been willing to give up a a pretty good package um, and 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 didn't get there um, yeah. now okay let's let's play the devil's advocate um and uh e- can we sort of understand where Brendan Kelly's coming from a little bit? Um, uh, in that when you get close, you have to, you, and, and I think we were talking about this um, a couple of weeks ago where there's no switch. There's no, okay, we're, re, we're in rebuilding mode. Switch. Yes. The switch. Okay. We're in, no, it, you, there's, there's timing issues and, and you got to make sure that, that your the players that you have who are developing developing and ripening are going to coincide with the guys who are in their prime, like the Webers, like the prices, um, yeah. mixture all has to come together and it's why it's so important um, you know we've complained and and um, I, I didn't mention it again when I was talking about the fourth line, but we've complained about not keeping the Canadians having a really bad habit. Of spending money to upgrade, spending a lot of money on the fourth line right now, right now, <laughs> uh, as we talked about, um, when it could have been their own prospects and Jacob De La Rose and Daniel Carr. And um, so we've noticed that um, you, you talked about in, in uh, uh, when you're talking about Anthony Emi about Charlie Lindgren. Uh, why, yeah. why, why couldn't he have come in and been a backup, a better backup and a cheaper backup? And it, the message it also sends. Uh, we heard from a, uh, a Canadians player um, who privately said, um, you know, what is it that Jordy Ben does that Brett Lernout couldn't do? Um, yeah. You know, th- the Canadians players notice. Scouts around the league notice. And, and when I was in Syracuse, I was talking to a scout. Um, and we were talking about the, you know, his team and, and, um, and they can't score the rocket can't score. Um, And he said, um, look at this team as in Syracuse. And we listed, and, and you and I talked about this during the week. We listed the number of players. We listed the players who were um, at the world juniors Mm -hmm. we listed the players for, for the Syracuse crunch that, um, are are leading the team who are scoring who provide the firepower and as that scout that i was talking to said did you notice it's all their own prospects the conversation went on and said you know um about canadians and 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 maybe mistakes that they've made conversation got to daniel carr who's ripping it up in the AHL and uh, could be helping the rocket could even be helping, as we said uh, before uh, on the Canadian's fourth line has, as he's had a, a call up uh, to Vegas. Uh, the scout said to me again, their own, one of their own. Now Daniel Carr was signed as a free agent, but uh, right out of college. So but yeah. one of their own prospects that, that they let go. So uh, it's not only us who are noticing um it's it's uh players in the organization and um around the league that the canadians aren't very good at uh graduating their own prospects um not necessarily a development issue because they seem to do pretty well elsewhere um it's (laughs) it's uh a couple of consecutive coaches who uh, and we've heard it with with um mark Bergerman or with uh claude julian say um, and he was referencing Kokinami. Uh, I don't. I don't trust him against uh, experienced players. Um, so I think that that the Canadians, uh, Mark Bergevan doesn't have an exceptionally strong hand um, when he goes into these kind of in in that that um, you know the 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 prospects that they have haven't been given the showcase case to show other teams what they can do or he's traded uh, many of them away and it, it makes his hand a little bit weaker uh, when it comes to as Brandon Kelly su- suggested um, being outbid in the, the Matt Duchesne sweepstakes yeah
1: and it's hard to ever really know what Mark Bergevin is thinking because there's been many many times over his tenor where he said one thing and then he's done the opposite so it's not easy to know what exactly he's thinking but when you look at the way that, you know, what, what Columbus had offered to get Matt Duchesne, and, and obviously with, with Brendan Cowley saying what he said, you know, it raises the point that, you know, Mark Bergevin must have been willing to give up at least something comparable, and then on top of that, if you add a guy like Matt Duchesne, and I know this is where the frustration would be coming from, is that you add the potential of having another, or having a game-breaker, somebody that has enough skill and, and whether or not he would be the leading guy on that in, in the, the trade bait list of, of guys who have that kind of skill, it would even it up a little bit for when a game like tonight when you're facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's, it's easy to understand the frustration. And on top of that, as you say, you could be making additions from within your organization, and, and that's what successful teams do. That's how you do it. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be locked in and competing for a very long time because along with having Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, they can have a revolving door of just young talent that are ready to be put into the NHL at any given moment. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't end with guys like Matthew Joseph on the fourth line. It doesn't end with Braden Point having a phenomenal sophomore season. There are guys in the AHL. When I was covering the Belleville Senators last year, Alexander Volkov, he destroyed Belleville so many times. He scored against Belleville that I thought when we were talking about him the other night that he had actually played against the ice caps as well. He didn't. He just scored that many times against Belleville that I thought (laughs) that he played against the ice caps and scored that, you know, they have so many guys and, and it's, it's going to be this, this uh, over and over again with them because they have the young core, they have the great players right now, but it's not going to end with that because when those guys that are secondary pieces right now, when their contracts expire, they have guys that are going to be ready to come up and fill in a similar role. So that's how you, that's how you would make a, you know, additions from within, but the Montreal Canadians don't have that in that. That's not something that they can do unless you're going to rush someone to the NHL. So yeah, it, it, it's been a frustrating part of this whole thing. And that's why maybe, as you say, Mark Bergevin doesn't really have a hand to play with, with a lot of these uh, types of conversations. So would so, you let's like, play yeah. a
2: little bit of of what would you do, and and we want the <laughs> the listeners to play as well, and and yeah. uh, text us your suggestions five eight five three rocket about what what you would not not necessarily what predicting what's going to happen, but what would you like to see happen, and yeah. I think now um, you know obviously the 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 biggest piece left on the 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 trade uh, board is Mark Stone. I know it's a player that you're pretty high on. I don't yeah. see uh the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I mean he'd be uh he'd be a nice addition um but I I am expecting that um uh Winnipeg who's in tough right now um uh, is 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 going to need an injection like that. Um yeah. and and has the pieces whether it's um Roslovic or 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 Saminiku or or Mason Appleton or, or I mean they they've got uh Marco Dano they've got lots of pieces and a and a first round pick that they can offer um, yeah. for for a Mark Stone Nashville um Tolvanen and a first um I I think you're not going to see um the Canadians and and let's let's also say that to, with Panarin and to Shane off the board the price for stone just went way up uh oh, in, my, yeah. in my estimation yeah. um so for the canadians um um what do you see them doing well um, it, it, it's it's tough to say no 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 because, what no what yeah. let, let me back up I, cuz i just yeah. i just i ruined my <laughs> my own question um it, what would you like to see them do let, let yeah. me say that instead
1: well in a perfect world, I think, and you made the suggestion, uh, I mean, adding somebody to that left side of the defense, because uh, you mentioned in one of your recaps this week, I, I can't quite remember which one, but you mentioned that you have guys that are being asked to do too much, that are that are just beyond their, their capabilities at this point. Victor Meta has stepped into that first-line role, and he's performed admirably, um, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Victor Meta. I think that he's going to be a, a good defenseman in this league. He's got tremendous foot speed. You saw in uh, that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning him catch up to uh, Brayden Point, who you know he's, he's uh, not a uh, not exactly a uh, slow skater. He's pretty fast himself. And mind you, he had to uh, hold up just a bit just to not go outside, but regardless, that was a, a nice show of, of speed from Meta. But then you go down and you look at Mike Riley, who's been playing alongside of Jeff Petrie. That isn't exactly ideal. Then you have Brett Kulak, who, I mean, him and Jordy Ben have been playing pretty well together, but that's still not, you know, the perfect scenario. So, I mean, in a perfect world, in a world where the Montreal Canadiens, maybe after a game tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have a strong showing. Maybe this is where they land. But going out and getting, I know that, Cam Fowler's name has been thrown around there. You've been mentioning Shane Goss' fair as a potential guy, the hole that I think needs to be filled for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. Um, is it the move that I think will get made? Uh, as you say, this is just like the hypothetical game. What, what would you like to see done? Is it going to happen? Maybe not. So is it the move that gets done? I don't I don't necessarily think so. Maybe they, they go and they add a little bit more depth. Uh, but regardless, I think that, that is the move that, that would be made by me in, in a perfect scenario where things line up and, and and maybe you see a bit more of a, a bit more of a, you know, something to to actually get behind in order to add to this team.
2: Well, um, yeah, I, 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 we've spoken about Spear and, and, um, um, uh, there's there's kind of conflicting information about whether he's uh, available or not. I guess uh, yeah. uh, for the right uh, um, uh, package in return. Um, uh, but we saw, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, another pretty good reason why you could give up on uh, give up a Gosses beer and and we've talked about Sanheim, one of uh, one of my favorite defensive prospects. Um, you see, yeah. they have Hag, Robert Hag. Uh, but uh, Philippe Myers um, in his oh. second game, second game, second national hockey league game against the Canadians. He was very good. Uh, was. And in fact, uh, Scott Gordon, head coach uh, for the Flyers, Scott Gordon uh, made special mention that, yeah, it was a bad game, but one of the highlights, uh, and now they call him Phil down there, Phil Myers. Um, and uh I, th- that, you know, with with all the the young defensemen that they have, uh, Gostisbehere um, uh, could be uh, available and and would be uh, a perfect perfect uh, on paper, perfect uh, besides Shea yeah. Weber, particularly on the Canadiens' power play, uh, yeah. being able to uh, gain the zone, bringing up the ice, gain the zone, and and uh, and and he's a great uh, power play quarterback Um, beer would be a a great add whether whether, um, um, that would happen we haven't seen a lot of scouting action um, Canadians on the flyers so uh, we wonder about that Cam Fowler has been well scouted Mark Bergevin himself Uh, but there's questions now whether even uh, he's going to be uh, it was almost a certainty let's say uh, a few weeks back that he was going to be traded not so much now um, yeah. so I think, um, for me, um, you're looking at other kinds of, you're looking at other places. Um, uh, Mark Bergevin himself, uh, is at the, uh, Rangers Devils game today. Um, and, uh, <laughs> contrary to what some people have said on Twitter, oh, he's just pre-scouting the game. Well, Mark Bergevin, gets paid way too much money and has a lot of responsibility to be uh, to, to <laughs> de- being an advanced scout on, on your, your uh, upcoming uh, opponent. Uh, no, he's there. He's there. Cause he's looking at a player. Uh, yeah. Now is he looking at a Chris Kreider uh, who the Canadians could have had um, uh, in 2009 instead of Louis LeBlanc, who was a, a topic of discussion last week. Could it be a Chris <laughs> Kreider? Um, who would, uh, I mean, he's got speed, he's got grit, he, uh, good hands. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, how much it would take to, to, um, uh, mend defenses between Kerry Price and a Chris Kreider. but, um, uh, is he possibly a, a target? Uh, Kevin Hayes is, is somebody else that, um, uh, you know, you, you'd think that the Rangers want to move. Um although I think he's a better fit for say the Jets um yeah. you know who are looking for uh some help 5 on 5 Kevin Hayes and Kevin Hayes big guy 6'5 216 so oh, Yeah um he might uh help there but you know don't count uh the Canadians out um I'm I'm wondering about if um, if the Canadians want to improve their power play, um, Shane Goss's uh, Goss beer would be uh, one for sure that would help. If you're looking for a forward that would help your power play, um, what about a Mike Hoffman? Um, and oh, yeah. let's leave the <laughs> let's leave the social media and, and the off ice stuff aside. Yeah. Um, um, if we can do that. Uh, Mike Hoffman has been a force on the power play. He has 11 power play goals. As I said earlier, uh, Thomas Tatar leads um, the um, uh, Canadians with four power play goals. So uh, Hoffman would be a big ad on the power play. Uh, Canadians could absorb his five, five, two, something like that uh, million dollar um, uh, range salary. Um, And you wouldn't have to, I mean, the, the pan- to get him, the Panthers – remember, he was tr- traded twice. Um, and the Panthers gave up a second, fourth, and a fifth to get them. So even if they kind of recoup that, um, yeah. say a second and a fifth, which the Canadians can give up, and a Charles Houdon, um, yeah. which would make up for the, the, the fourth. Uh, a, a Charles Houdon, a second and a fifth for a Mike Hoffman um if you can swallow all of the other stuff um yeah that might be a that might be a temporary or not a temp, a a, a, a medium term uh solution to the canadians uh power play woes
1: yeah that's that's a guy that's that's certainly interesting and you saw that his name came up just a couple of days ago and and you know there's obviously the the bag, there's there's some there's some baggage there's some you know, things that happened, but leaving that out of the equation for just this moment and talking about what he could bring. Yeah. The power play could absolutely use a guy like Mike Hoffman. He's got the shot. He's got uh, poise with the puck. He's, he's able to, you know, he, I mean, with that team, that Ottawa Senators team, that that was just a goal away from, from being in the Stanley cup final back in 2017, uh, 2017. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a guy that, that played alongside of Eric Carlson. That was a guy that was there with a guy that, you know, they, they know how to run a power play. He's learned a lot in terms of being able to, to quarterback a power play or at the very least be a key part of a power play. So I think that that would be a, a very interesting add for the Montreal Canadiens and might address along with uh, some power play concerns. Also, a little bit of your depth concerns as well because then everyone kind of shifts down a peg. Maybe it becomes a little bit more of a, of a better uh, fourth-line situation. But, uh, yeah, so that would be an interesting one. Um, just very quickly, do you think that the outcome of tonight's game will affect the way that the Montreal Canadiens go into that? Because this is, I mean, you're facing the Toronto Maple Leafs for the second time in, in two weeks. And, I mean, every the two times that they played this season, they played them tight five-on-five. Five. But when it's opened up to three-on-three, three, the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, Understandably, they just don't have the uh, the horses that the Toronto Maple Leafs have. So, do you think that this might be something that uh, contributes to uh, their thought process?
2: Well, um, you know, I I think that that the last game um, against the the Maple Leafs, um, the Canadians' uh, power play was exposed uh, in that it had a 4 minute off opportunity uh, early on to score uh didn't had a um uh, an opportunity 4 on 3 in in overtime to score didn't and uh that night the uh fourth line um was just absolutely dominated and and the the Andreas janssen um yeah um uh led fourth line for the Leafs showed what a, a fourth line should be um, and, and, and we saw right after that, that, uh, or, or part of that, that weekend that, um, uh, that, uh, uh, Bergevin went out and got, uh, Weiss and, uh, and Nate Thompson. So it's possible. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, uh, as you said, that the, the power play woes are, are, uh, uh, pretty well documented if they could get some help on the power play with the forward up front, whether it's a Crider, whether it's a, um, uh, Mike Hoffman, that that would, that would have the, the kind of secondary effect of helping the fourth line because, um, players would get bumped down. Uh, so you could kind of do a, um, you know, uh, two birds with one stone kind of thing there. Uh, yeah. but also, um, you know, we've also seen that, um, uh, as you said that the the defense uh, is um, um, been exploited at times um, yeah. whether it's riley whether it's kulak whether it's ben uh and in an adi- in an addition uh, like a spear would n- help the power play and again uh bump players uh, around into a more co- uh, comfortable kind of level so um uh, while i don't think uh, the result will uh, necessarily flip flop the you know entire uh, trade deadline strategy. It might reinforce some of the the things that they already know and that that I think that we already know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting tonight. The Montreal Canadiens obviously facing the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. So that will be a be a nice. Well, it's a Saturday night. It just feels right. The Montreal Canadiens are uh, playing the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and wrap all of this up. So stick around.
0: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jersey, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans.
1: Back to the Canadians Connection podcast. We were talking before we just went to break about the uh, about the, obviously Chris Kreider, Mont- uh, Mark Bergevin is in, uh, watching the New York Rangers-New Jersey Devils game. So um, that'll be an interesting one for the Montreal Canadiens and our own Amy Johnson already talking about uh, Chris Kreider. And uh, hey, as you mentioned last week, we talked about Louis LeBlanc, and she says if only Timmins had been allowed to take him 10 years ago at 18th, Instead of uh, the New York Rangers taking him at 19, so uh, yeah, so it would it would, uh, would right maybe some wrong that it, that occurred uh, about 10 years ago. So maybe uh, things come full circle, and he and Carey Price are able to mend fences, and who knows what happens. So, uh, well, and it's, yeah.
2: a, it's an important, I, I know it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, drafts aren't an exact science, but at that time, uh, I know, and in the scouts that I talked to at that time, they knew, uh, what they were getting, what you, you potentially were getting in a, um, uh, uh, Louis LeBlanc as far as his work ethic. Uh, and we know that, that, uh, Trevor Timmons, if he had his druthers, Bob Ganey, if he had his druthers, they would have went for Chris Kreider. Uh, but it was an organizational directive. Um, yeah. And that was a new owner coming in, wanting to make a splash in the Montreal market. And he did that. Uh, unfortunately, it was it was a splash that never then came to the surface again. Uh, it was really yeah. long. was just went to the bottom of the pool. Um, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, it 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 means that that decisions that were made by the organization can have up to ten or even beyond ten years later. Um, yeah, um, a good decision in Kerry Price uh, in two thousand five, a bad decision um, with uh, Louis LeBlanc in two thousand nine. Uh, so there, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, um to see that that there is uh a, a, you mentioned uh amy johnson's uh tweet has kind of spurred on people uh there's quite a debate uh as far as uh you know canadians still hold a grudge against crider uh but there's some <laughs> who are would be uh quite willing to welcome him with uh with open arms um and if you're again if you're wanting to tweet uh uh, and, and tweet at us or, or tweet to discuss with us. Um, all Habs, all one word, all Habs on, on Twitter. Uh, Joe Whalen19 or Habs Connection are the three accounts that you should have at the top of your list. Uh, there's there's other we, – we talked about um, uh, anti-Niemi and the goaltending issue. I think it can be solved internally. Uh, I presented you a, a scenario this week, which uh, – yeah. Uh, the Canadians would take on a, a, a goaltender that they don't really need uh, but uh, a Brian Elliott who's had lots of injury trouble but it would help um, the Flyers out of out of their goaltending jam who they've got they've got more in the need <laughs> right now. Um and and if that would somehow reduce the price on Gosses beer I'd be willing to consider it. Uh Bob Trask says he'd be willing to take a player uh, like Corey Perry, um, which may not be a, a lot of use for the Canadians right now, but it would, would uh, you know it it they would absorb that cap and, and maybe take on some some uh, uh, interesting young players like the Steve Mason uh, Yolar Armia trade with um, with uh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, yeah. lots of interesting, lots and lots of interesting opinions. So make sure that yours, uh, counts and, and, tweet, tweet with us, tweet at us, um, put your comments on, on, uh, Facebook, uh, you can find us there. All Habs, all one word or text us as I keep mentioning. And we get lots of texts. I have a, a text from Dino that I don't know if we're going to get time, um, um, to mention, uh, but the text number is five, eight, five, three rocket. Um, the other, uh, a couple things, uh, someone's referring me to, um, the, uh, what Norman Norman Flynn, uh, from RDS said earlier the week, um, he would have liked to have seen and Norman Flynn was suggesting Jonathan Duran for a uh, Matt Duchesne that, uh, our, uh, one of the fellows on our text line saying he wishes, uh, it had been, uh, Duran for, uh, Duchesne.
1: Yeah, that would have been uh, that might have solved some problems uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, regardless, uh, yes, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, couple of, of days for the Montreal Canadiens. See how they progress through the trade deadline. I mean, this might be the last time that you know heading into this game tonight against Toronto. I mean, we might see a drastically or at least a, a somewhat more improved team the next time that we see uh, the Montreal Canadiens in action after uh, after tonight's game. Uh, so Rick, would you like to close all of this up with some bad tweets and maybe a couple of good tweets as well?
2: All right, sure.
1: All right.
0: Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadians Connection.
2: So what do you got for us?
0: <laughs>
2: well, you know what? I um, maybe we maybe we'll because we've been in such a positive mood today. Maybe we'll skip the bad tweet. We're, uh, I'll just a couple of informational tweets because we get lots of information from uh, the folks that tweet us. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, we have been talking about the Canadians power play and, and how. Um, uh, it's been struggling and, and on defense, uh, you know, they, they've really been missing that Andre Markov like guy um, uh, with Shea Weber. And uh, we've received a, a lot of tweets about why don't you try Victor Mehta there? And the Canadians did just that this week. Um, so uh, Arpan Basu asked um, Victor Mehta if he played a lot of power play uh, in London. And he said, yes, absolutely. And uh, Arpan Basu a- asked uh, Mehta, um, did you play the one-three-one uh in London? Yes, 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 I did. Um and and so Arpen, getting two yeses, went further, with, and he said, oh, did, did you shoot a lot while well you're on the power play? And uh, Victor Meta said, he just laughed. He said, um, no, I didn't. I, I didn't <laughs> shoot very much at all. <laughs> Which I think is, uh, as much as as we all love Victor Meta, you you have to have a at least a threat uh, of a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. on the power play. So I thought that was a pretty good uh, tweet. Another one um, from Eve Fredette um, re- reminds us what uh, we were we were just talking about, uh, how decisions, 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 decisions make a very big um, impact on the team that's, that sometimes we forget about. And, and we remember the Andrew Shaw trade and uh, what it's brought. Uh, but giving up two very yeah. early second-round picks for Andrew Shaw, um, and uh, well, that that defenseman in Colorado's turned out pretty well. That Trevor Timmons would have taken, and that the Canadians were in position to take with that pick, um, and and could have solved the the, the problem on the on the, the the left side. But also, Eve Friedet says uh, you might want to take a look at the 2016 NHL draft. And the number of points um, that uh, the players have, and uh, as we know, Patrick Lino was taken um, by the Jets. He has he has 37 points, a bit of a, a struggle. Uh, Clayton Keller has 38 points. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, who um, uh, Mark Bergevin about got on his knees and begged Columbus, uh, he has 51 <laughs> points. Uh, Austin Matthews, the number one pick overall, 54 points. Matt Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, 59 points. Um, Do you know um, who the number one player this year from the 2016 draft is in terms of points? I
1: think I have a feeling I
2: know. Yeah. Alex DeBrincat, 61 points. Yeah. 61 <laughs> points from Alex DeBrincat for the Blackhawks, number 1 uh of any player from the 2016 draft which Trevor Timmins would have uh <laughs> he was he was upset uh not to get uh DeBrincat and could have gotten with one of those Andrew Shaw uh picks. So, uh great tweet yeah. t- tweet from uh Eve Fredette.
1: Yeah, and we we love when uh we have listeners and uh and people that tweet in and, and, and remind us of things like that so we can come on here and give you the best show that we possibly can because information is fun folks we like to have as much information as we can and also as many opinions as we can so continue to tweet at us joayla 19 rick manning the at all habs account and this podcast has its own as as rick mentioned earlier this show follow at habs connection twitter facebook instagram Habs Connection, and uh, yeah, so uh, listen to this podcast and all the other ones in the Rocket Sports family of podcasts on iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Easy for me to say. And uh, all you have to do is search for Rocket Sports Radio and subscribe, and you get all four of the lovely Rocket Sports Radio podcasts. From the Press Box, Have a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered, along with the Canadiens Connection podcast. So... Rick, anything you'd like to say before we sign off for another week?
2: Trade Deadline Monday. Um, we have uh, uh, re- reporters. We have uh, opinion writers. Um, go to allhabs.net on Monday, and uh, we'll have it all there for you. Um, and uh, keep, those, keep those texts uh, and, and tweets coming in. The text number, again, 5853-ROCKET, uh, 24 hours a day, Texas. Uh, we're glad to hear from you. Exactly. Do all of those things.
1: <laughs> and enjoy tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's sure to be another great game. Habs leave on a Saturday night. does not any better than that. And also, Monday's deadline. It's always a, a nice, fun day. It's a, basically a national holiday in Canada. And of course, for our friends in the States as well. I'm sure that the,
2: uh,
1: Amy Johnson, our own Amy Johnson, loves uh, the trade deadline as well. So this is going to be a, a really exciting week for the Montreal Canadiens. And we can't wait to get back with you next week at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 2.30 Newfoundland time. essentially discuss the trades the Montreal Canadiens made or maybe the trades that they didn't make and, and discuss all the things that surround them as we uh, head down towards the road to the NHL playoffs. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back with you this time next week. So until then, have a good one and enjoy the game.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, Follow us on Twitter at HABSConnections and visit allhabs.net.